0: I'm excited to have marina lotus on today
1: i think that um indigenous people to to our land are going to be like a key role in the, the saving of our land because obviously X. they know how to treat it we've got to go in reverse from like this farming on mass acres and things like that and go back to kind of not necessarily foraging because we're really advanced. So that's not necessarily necessary. But I just feel like people need to need to focus on getting land and giving it up more fairly, like one person doesn't need to be in charge of hundreds of acres and Mm. like if everyone were able to have their own plot, then I feel like we would see a lot of change in that regard. At least like I'm trying to organize communities. On acres of land of people who want to live sustainable lifestyles. Like, say you set aside like 20 acres outside of city limits, and you get like, I don't know, 10 brown people who want to take care of the land in the right way, or also build small businesses for their communities. Mm. Like, you know, black owned weed farms and things like that. Or like, uh you know beekeeping and things like that whatever people are interested in i just feel like um sorting them out the right way and getting them together in these small communities Mm. um would be a great start in that because we've just gotten to this big city thing we've got to go back to this small kind of Hmm.
0: situation you know it's curious that you said (laughs) that because i feel like because a lot of the The riots that have been happening in certain areas of the various cities throughout the country is that we're seeing this exodus of people kind of going back to that, you know, trying to realize that it's like, oh, this isn't what I want at all. And going back to more of like the rural areas, trying to establish themselves, getting a homestead type of setup. And I really do think that that's a fascinating point you made about um, incorporating back with like the indigenous peoples, like being Native American myself. I remember growing up specifically, and when we did our Native American unit in Elementary School, it was just a bunch of BS. I was like, whoa, 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 build a hold TV. up. I was like, that's not what we did. That's not what I was talking, that's, that's not what I was raised on, like listening to the stories of like my ancestors. It's like, that's, you're, you're full of shit, and I'm gonna call you out on it. And, like, I remember my teacher had no that's idea what That's because white
1: people are in charge of our education. That's another thing, okay, so we need to diversify school boards and city politics and all that kind of stuff we need more brown people and not just the white people who are getting paid to have the white opinion
0: interesting get out with that
1: oh my well, gosh
0: ooh, well, <laughs> it's the um oh i can't forget her name right now but she just came out um she's a black woman she's running as a republican it's really funny because she did this ad in baltimore and she was talking about this is the real baltimore And she's talking about essentially it's like what you just talked about, like the whitewash people that were selling out her neighborhood and how like the certain like DNC policies have been stealing money and siphoning money and just robbing her. And but she didn't have an opportunity to do her thing her way. In the dnc party so it's interesting that she's running as a republican but she's like nah i'm trying to change this city it's like black people matter baltimore matters this is bs i'm done with this vote for me and she just walked through the city that's all she did for her thing while she was talking about her vision and i was like oh my gosh that's B more right there that's what i've seen and it's one of those things where it's hilarious as i see it because we're having such a weird change in our political system in our social system that people are starting to recognize sincerity and genuineness and it doesn't really have to fit a certain mold anymore that people are really wanting the change and I think that's something that to me is like incredibly fascinating because how I like to see it is that people are seeing more black Republicans running I was like yeah because we we technically started that party we need to take that ish back and actually start to bring voices to both sides of the political spectrum and like and beyond like the right and left paradigm because i don't i hate that ish i'm always going to be an independent oh my and
1: god Look, me, let's talk be, about gang violence it started with politics
0: right i mean ku klux klan was meant to go after black <laughs> people like in po- that were politicians but uh it's one of those things where i really do feel like we need more native representation more like more latin representation all these different fields because again it's like we're only getting a one kind of like that white Anglo-Saxon approach that hasn't really changed in so long that
2: we are a diverse I mean, we need to have
1: seats that are reserved for these people. It should be, the white people should be the minority. It should be like, we have to elect a a Native American hmm, into this position. There's no other option. That's what it should be.
0: Well, I think that's something that's fascinating because I just think that with the times changing and how things have evolved, we need to really start to look at how our political systems actually operate. And in terms of just the having fair representation and specialist, I think one of the things that I can't stand is seeing, you know, we have trained politicians as politicians in our political system that literally were raised, bred, nurtured and brought up and handpicked out of their frats and sororities to be these leaders of the the people. Ugh. It's gross.
1: <laughs> the the series on Netflix called The Family, it's about this group of dudes who like get chosen to live together in like a political house and they read the Bible, but it's like a shortened version that only has like certain pieces and they just play football all the time.
2: No, I haven't. <laughs> you
1: should watch that because it was freaky, dude. I was like, this is where our politicians come from. This is where they get trained to be well, a part of this
0: think about that though. i think that's one of the things where it's like you can get into like the secret societies and like the skull and bones like all of these different old school fraternities and sororities like they literally have been doing that since they formed in like the 1800s and i don't think that again it's, it's just it's, in disguise well it's, it's just secret right that's it right there it's secret it's right in the open if people want to look at the research but again it's considered and deemed like oh that's hokey oh that's this or that and it's like no that's literally you can look in every list of these people and they all apply to these certain criteria and i think that's something again that the few control the many and i don't really think that people understand just the severity of it because talking about the families there's like a handful of families that are literally like the CEOs or the COOs and all intermarried with all these big companies. And I always like to say Royal families and Royal marriages never died. They just changed form because now they're the corporate structure where it's like you have like Google CEO, YouTube CEO all married and it's like, but they're all under the the umbrella of alphabet and all these big companies. And it's like, yo, literally that's how our mainstream media is. That's how our mainstream businesses are where it's like, they've stayed within that upper echelon and they've kept it within themselves and what we come bringing it back what we were talking about is like they pinned everyone against each other with all these different things and beliefs and points of separation or difference that we have when truthfully we're all getting played by the same like percentage exactly, of a percentage.
1: that's the thing it's super intentional so that's why i get frustrated when everyone thinks that i just care about black stuff it's like dude that's not the issue at all i don't know many different ways i can say it that like right This is a human issue. I care more about people in other countries. I even recognize my own privilege as an American. Like I was talking to this random dude from the UK who's been to like 160 countries. And he was like, do you even understand like how privileged you are as just an American woman? Like you can go anywhere. And if somebody tries to fuck with you in a way that you don't like, your country will come in and get a helicopter and take you away (laughs) or they'll get in trouble. Like Americans have so much privilege, but we don't know that because we barely ever leave the towns that we're from because we don't have money. And why don't we have money? Probably because we don't get paid what we deserve because we're working for people who don't have our best interests at heart. We're slaves.
0: Well, it's also like, no, yo, I feel that because it's the, it's, it comes back to why our country got formed in the first place and it's over taxation and no representation. And it was literally the reason why we were like those hope how we were seen back in the day at least those ho-dunk americans who beat literally the number one empire of the world like just because we banded together and said f that i'm not you're not you're not charging me for my own money like and i think that's something that i think again it comes down to education because how many people want to recognize that it's like this is a a systemic debt-based system and if you don't play into that debt-based system and you really carve your own path, you change the way you operate, more of the community focus, more of the interconnected focus, the, the entrepreneurship aspect, you're out of that system. And you like, I recognize this when I paid off my student loans because I grinded at a job I hated and literally like got to zero and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, that's such an accomplishment. And I was super depressed because it was like the, t- the, Congratulatory aspect of it was like, yo, people are happy that I got to zero. Like, I know doctors, and like, I have clients who are doctors who are still not there yet. And it's like, yo. Yeah, dude.
1: What? I've been thinking about how poor my parents are. And like, my mom has a master's degree, and like, she still hasn't finished paying off her house. I'm just like, you know what? That's really wow. not a goal for me. Like, I might get some acres. If I ever pay off my debt, I don't even care about money anymore. So it's just a made up, stupid, like, bro, what do you, I don't know. I don't understand what to even say with this because like I don't (laughs) care I have a student loan, I haven't paid a cent towards it. And I don't know when that's going to happen. Like maybe if somebody just gives me $10,000, I'll be like, cool. But until then I'm gonna keep getting charged extra fees for it and everything Mm. else that I owe money on. So why do I even care?
0: It's like bank overdraft fees. There's so many things that, like, and again, I think one thing that I really know that people don't recognize is that if we really wanted to break these systems, all we each need to do is just go withdraw all of our money from our bank accounts the same day. They're not going to have it. So, where's your money at? <laughs> like, so I guess one of the things that's that, why our
1: government is trying to switch to being a cashless society so that yeah. we won't have the opportunity to do that anymore and people are already seeing the meaning behind that you know you know i sit up all night and think about this stuff (laughs) well it's also
0: the security state and just how comfortable people are with the like the orwellian technologies in our home i know multiple people of like the alexas and all those things and i'm like you know they're listening all the time and they just don't care it's like whoa 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 like you're like there's been glitches and there's been where people's audio has gotten out and it's like dude you can talk about some private information talk about some bank account stuff like and that information is out there and that's well i mean oh gosh that stumbles into the next point that i really wanted to ask you was the how do you feel about our data getting sold with like everything technologically <laughs> like customized ads you already like. already
1: know <laughs> i feel like that goes hand in hand with censorship
0: Mm. a little bit interesting
1: (laughs) um the data situation has me really upset because like i personally have had a lot of issues with my phone and stuff like i've noticed my gps tripping out and having me go like opposite directions and Mm. things like that like i'll be like i'm trying to go to south seattle it's like okay but we're gonna have you go up the five i'm like that seems really suspicious why why are we doing this (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah the the data situation is freaking me out. the 5 g and all of that, like I don't even want to have a cell phone anymore, to be honest with you, but we have to, I especially as an it. entrepreneur, that's where they got us with that with the entrepreneurship because we have to have a smartphone,
2: mm. and
1: um I would honestly love to maybe use my smartphone less, like turn it off a lot of the time and just have yeah. it be kind of like a home phone, kind of more like a business thing where I just do yeah. what I have to do on it and then turn it off and then have like a like a bum phone? Like a T9 situation?
0: <laughs> like old so school Nokia.
1: Just call people through that. Yeah. Or like find a way to get a landline again. Even though I travel all the time. I don't know how it's going to work out. But mm. I'm really... Like I I watched the documentary on Who Killed Malcolm X? Mm. I don't know if you've watched that one yet.
2: Yeah. But
1: that is a spooky one. Because they talk about the surveillance. They had people who were actually you know the ones surveilling MLK and Malcolm X and all those characters and it's just crazy to think like Malcolm X knew what day he was gonna die on basically and they knew who killed him but they blamed other people for it and let that dude just go about his merry life in the in Moss 25 like when I think about those kinds of things and then also think about like my activism and the types of things that I know and understand, especially like concerning space and all of that, I'm just yeah. like, there's going to come a point where I'm going to get targeted too. It's part of it. Like, I, I don't know if I ever told you, but I used to work for Rachel Dolezal. Do you know who that is? Oh
0: No, no. Why don't you invite the listeners a little bit?
1: So Rachel Dolezal was that white woman who lived in Spokane, who basically um, got canceled because she claimed to be black. She said that everyone is like 132nd black. Everybody's from Africa. She's just an educated woman. And that got spun by our media because in Spokane, you know, a really a quite racist city, politically speaking, yeah. um, just didn't want her to make progress because she was the mm. NAACP president that saved our chapter there. And oh, wow. um, she was also the police ombudsman chair at the same time
0: really okay whoa
1: so, so she was in a position of power where we, where she could actually bring about some change and the police chief didn't want to see that happen so he tried to dig up as much dirt on her as he could humanely find and the best thing he could find is that she didn't have a good relationship with her parents because they were abusive and adopted black kids to use them as slaves and like all this stuff man wow. it's crazy her story is wild There's like a book that she wrote though and there's a documentary about her that's a little biased Mm -hmm. in the wrong way but um, her book is is amazing anyways I worked Mm -hmm. in her house for a couple of years and really got to know her and I was like oh so when you're an activist they're either gonna kill you or make you feel like you're dead like she can never have a job doing anything she just braids Mm -hmm. hair when I actually had braids she braided it and um she's the best braider I've ever had
2: Yo! Every
1: African braider or whatever that's ever done my hair, the braids would slide out within weeks. But with her, my braids stayed in for three months. She's like the best lock artist I've ever seen, too. Like, she's good. But she's canceled because our city politics, were like, oh, we can't have her make it so that all of the shit that we've done towards Black people actually comes out, you know? Wow. So yeah, I know all about city politics because of her So I'm just like, all right, I have to be really careful on how I go about this whole community organization situation because Mm. if I go about it a certain way, I'm just gonna get canceled and then all my credibility will be gone and I won't be able to make any change anymore.
0: Hmm, that's a fascinating point. And I think it, (laughs) I mean, to me, when you are saying that whole entire story, I think of just like the kind of the, the political influence and just like the blatant attacks. It just echoes to me like Black Panthers and how all their leaders got murdered and how the entire party got infiltrated because I don't think a lot of people recognize really just because of how education portrays them and just like as radical extremists, it's like the first things they did were like breakfast programs at schools and like provided like childcare for families. Like literally that was like the start of it and people don't want to recognize it. It's like FBI literally infiltrated that. CIA literally tapped all those people, put in those fake extremists as well, and it's like, and it comes back to the point of just like, when you look at the the censorship and the data control and the data manipulation, it's like everyone that was going into these protests and the riots, like they were all being tracked by their smartphones, every one of them. And dude, my
1: phone got jammed during my live feeds all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember. Battery life would like
1: drain really fast. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, I was literally mid sentence. Are you guys serious? And then, um, like my phone would just die really fast while I was out there. Like, I feel like they can kind of control battery life to an extent too. like just kind of overwhelm your phone with data so that it dies.
0: Mm. Well, I think that's one of the things too, where it's the, when you have that type of monopolistic control and the interconnectedness with like the government and the different agencies that they do have those technologies, like everyone's phone, like every smartphone nowadays has back doors that they're legally allowed to get into now. I'm trying to remember what exact legislation was, but it was the last administration that a lot of that stuff got passed through with surveillance. And again, like post nine 11 world, like, once 9-11 happened with like the Patriot Act that they just re that they can both politically, both sides of the aisle can come together and re up that one every time it comes up like that. It gives them essentially like no limits and no restrictions to who they can spy on, who they can tap. And I think that's one of the things too, where we are willfully, willfully voting for this world with our participation in it. And I'm so curious is, you know, it's what you were saying. Cause again, as a business owner as well, like, pretty tough to not have a smartphone considering it's just like, I mean, I really try to just use like internet. I tried not to go on the internet on my phone. I really just try to use my like computer and I try to just make calls or texts or just like those random reading articles on my phone. But I think that's the really hardest part is you have to get to this point where we have to have people understand that the instant gratification culture and these paths of leisure resistance aren't the right way to go about our technologies. It's a tough one.
1: It is and I mean like you know I'm a model like (laughs) I could get hired by Nike or like some brand like that which would be technically a brand that I may not even support so I'm playing into this culture in a different way Mm. but at the same time it's like I've tried to change the industry standard at least as far as what I'm willing to do Mm. but it's gonna take kind of a bit of a give and take. In the beginning, I'm gonna to have to do some things that I'm not necessarily comfortable with or things that I don't support so that I can build myself to get to a point to be like, actually, fuck all that shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm kind of doing like the quiet thing right now where I just have to do what I have to do yeah. um, as far as art and business is concerned so that I can get to a point where I'm like, this is actually how we should be doing things. Because I mean, with with the way that I've seen history repeat itself, politically and all of that is that people, when they want to be an activist or they want to be like, you know, a certain type of person, they don't infiltrate from within. Like Mm. I had a meeting with my modeling agency, Option model and media about black lives matter. And I was like, what are you guys really doing for us? You know? And we talked for like four hours and you know, it's those kinds of conversations that need to happen. Um, and you you can't do that by removing yourself completely from a situation. It's Bad like X. Elder Omari at the museum said to me, he was like, why'd you quit your job um, downtown? Cause I was working at Mirabella, Seattle, which is mm. a retirement place. And yep. the retirement places down there are real interesting with how they go about their business, right? So there are, a lot of them are labeled as nonprofit organizations, which I think is really funny because it costs mm. about – 6 million or so to buy into your condo. And then you also pay about 6,000 or so each month. But as a worker there, I made minimum wage. I wasn't allowed to receive tips. And there were a bunch of other rules that were just like hmm interesting. Hmm. I feel like this has some city politics involved. Maybe.
0: Facts. Most most definitely does. Oh, yeah. And
1: everyone who worked there was pretty much black or like from another country,
0: the caregivers,
1: the health staff, the servers, all of us. And I was like, that's really interesting, especially considering that now COVID is a thing and they weren't willing to give us hazard pay. They weren't willing to do anything to compensate us. We lost hours. So my shifts went from being like 10 hours straight to like working four hours in the morning, like 5 a.m. to like 9 a.m. and then waiting in the building all day with no compensation for my next shift in the evening. So I quit. I was like, y'all are like, we're all busing here from all across the state. Really? Like people come from as far down as Lakewood and as high up as Edmonds to work there. So there's no way that we're not all exposing each other to COVID because we're all going to different grocery stores. And that's the thing with these cities, you know, like they have all of these rich people living in the heart and all the workers are busing from super far away or driving To take Mm. care of these people because we're basically slaves it's another type of slavery i couldn't even afford my apartment in tacoma on the most ghetto block while i was working there that's crazy
0: yo it's indentured servitude literally
1: i i had somebody else living in my living room and i had my boyfriend living with me and then we also had another roommate in a two-bedroom apartment i'm used to living situations like that because i realized as bipoc people we're going to be forced to have more people in a smaller space. Mm -hmm. There is the space. We have enough vacant homes in America for everybody to live somewhere comfortably. Yet we don't. Why is that? Because they want us in apartments. They don't want us to be creative. They don't want us to think. They don't want us to make art. They don't want us to communicate. They want us all to be sad. They want us all eating garbage, having trash in our communities that they're not going to clean up. But it's really interesting how the places where all the rich white folks are don't really have those problems
2: well you, you know what's it. even
0: funnier too <laughs> it's one of those things where i saw some number where it's like the most what was it i think like the most beneficial people to like the different laws and rules and regulations are actually like um indians and not like native americans i hate don't call it native americans indians people it was like actually like it. A- it was like it's actually terrible. asian asian indians they were like the top tier it was like asian indians like Asians whites and then everyone else and I was just like oh my gosh like they've turned this entire society into a I honestly like kind of see it as a clown show because it's like we're all indentured servants <laughs> well it's like seriously though we're all indentured servants and it's like what you were saying is that you're everyone's caught up in that rat race where it's like you have to work to provide you know I have to do the stressful job and the stressful job creates this xyz chain reaction of just like poor health choices you know, the environmental choices that you choose to live in, because it has to be a fad. And I mean, we've literally seen gentrification destroy this country on so many different fronts. But again,
1: the thing that gets uh, me is why people are okay with not raising their kids.
0: Well, that's something that I firsthand can speak on too. That's really a lot more terrifying now. And because for those listening, I have 10 years in like child care and education. And I have, I was fortunate enough to do it before college and after college. And when I went back into that industry after school, I had seen such a drastic shift with just basic parenting within like six years that it was absolutely terrifying. And I was, I've never seen so many grown adults yelling at teachers. And I mean that like, and again, I'm, I'm working in like some some of the areas around here and like that, um, Ravenna Bryant Laurelhurst area. So I was like seeing like, you know, Sandpoint elementary, I had like a very diverse mix. Cause you have like the Magnuson low income housing combined with kids up in the Hills in Laurelhurst area. So it's like, that was to be like the most beautiful school. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, you have a, you have a first generation immigrant kid. You have like the legacy wealth child here and they're best friends and they're hanging out with each other, but you could see the shift from the parents. And you could see all these other types, I guess you'd say, all of these other types of like influences where you could see some of them on the rat race and then some of them like, oh, I like the food you're eating, but it's like his parents don't or their parents don't afford that, can't afford that food. So they're eating the other types of stuff. And it's just seeing that type of influence where it's like, yo, it really is like that systematic control when you're caught up in the rat race. You're always focusing on survival. You don't have the space to be creative. You don't have the time to be creative and it's what people try to replace as. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. It's people have the time that they don't realize they could use to create that they're getting caught up in another rat rat race of just like instant gratification, quick fix for like a dopamine rush. And you see this culture just kind of degrade and I think it's across the board where it's like our entire civilization needs to have a drastic switch. I just hope COVID did that for a lot of people to be honest. Like
1: and I really hope so because like as someone who's been making art for the majority of my life, you know, like my parents were never really supportive. You know, they didn't really like what I was doing. They're always like, why can't you just like go try to be a lawyer? Or like go study computers or something, like choose something mm. more practical. <laughs> like, I always got a lot of shade for doing what I've always just wanted to do. <laughs> my dad still has a lot of animosity towards me, especially right now with what I'm doing. He's like, Why don't you get mm. a job? Come on, like you're stressing me out. And I'm like Yo, I'm chill. Like, it's fine. Just, it's all right. But (laughs) I just feel like, um, as a creative person, people oftentimes when they approach me, you're like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I wish I could do this. I wish I could make art. I Mm -hmm. wish, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, but you can, like, you may not be good at it, but consider like I may, I may sing and be a vocalist and all that, but that took 12 years of training for me to, to get to where I am with it. And it's the same with all of the skills that I have. I just put in the time. I right. didn't focus my energy on what I was told to do, and did what I wanted instead. And that's why I'm good at what I do now. You know,
0: that's some powerful stuff right there because it brings me to the point. And it was the question I want to ask you is: you know, I always like to see it as our experiences can they teach us opportunities and one of the best ways to kind of heal and learn and grow and, and really turn that suffering into our own power or turn that trauma into our own success is by expression. And I'm just curious is how has the, how has the art that you've created really been, I guess you would say birth from your life experiences.
1: Ugh. <laughs> Yikes. Um, let me just say like, I have this one painting that I've done that is like a black figure holding a white figure and the white figure is touching the black figure's chest. And there's like blue little shocks coming off of it. And then behind them is a bunch of melting clocks. And the concept is called don't go. So it's like the separation of people and like the relativity of time kind of joined together. So Mm. For me, my art is heavily influenced by what I go through. I'm really making art for the people who want to, you know, see the metaphor in the poetry in what I'm doing. Like if you're not deep with that, or if you're not very self-aware, you probably won't appreciate the stuff that I make because it's really weird. And like, you just have to have a different type of consciousness to get it. So in these past few months, I've been creating like crazy it's easy before when I was working my job downtown in Seattle like I didn't have the energy like I would go to the studio with Marshall law Band or whoever and sit there and say, like, I don't have the energy to make a song right now I just sit there and just be like blank because <laughs> I, I just I was working six days a week and it was exhausting because my boyfriend didn't have a job so it was just like okay I'm trying to provide for all these people and take care of them and then um, like, I just, I don't have the space in my mind for those creative avenues. So mm. now, since, since my life has shifted more to activism and community and trying to help other people make art, I'm seeing that I'm just really just out here just being myself. And um, my art has gotten so much better in time since. Like, my modeling is more thoughtful. Um, mm. <clears throat> the, the, the project that I'm making as an album really just like sprouted from this and it's grown into this big collaborative project that's spread across three states and so yeah and I started finally publishing things that I feel like people are ready to hear because I've been sitting on I have like several chat books written but I never felt comfortable publishing them because I just felt like everyone was always so judgmental of each other and Mm. like people weren't ready to hear what I had to say but now people are actually excited to learn about other people's experiences so it's been really cool as an artist to be able to channel other people's stories and combine them with mine and try to, you know, make this conceptual art for people to actually understand other people. It's been really cool. Cause I, I had reached a point where I was like, maybe this really just isn't for me. I'm tired of trying to chase followers and like get mm. people to care about what I'm doing. Like I've finally gotten like a new appreciation. People are willing to pay for my work and you like, I just didn't see that before,
0: you know? So it's been really cool. <laughs> See, that's one of those things that I think has actually directly come from the lockdown. Because there's a lot of people that are unemployed. They're on their, you know, unemployment benefits and they have time. They finally have a chance to breathe. And I think that's the one thing that I consider almost like the elites or the powers that be or all these corporations. I think they're batshit terrified of it because i think we've seen more and more people speak out and stand up and really Mm -hmm. learn and educate themselves but not only that break those barriers and i think that's one of the reasons why we've seen the media so ramped up in like their civil war push and like their racial division push is that for the first time that i can remember we have people listening we have people actually trying to seek out other people's perspectives we have different groups and people coming together and like again it's like crazy you know, for me this. man
1: people from elementary school have been hitting me up that I haven't talked to in years and they're right. like oh my god you're so cool I'm like yo we've been friends on Facebook for a minute I've been saying the same things that I'm saying right now but now you're willing to listen and that's the difference
2: oh the gosh whole, I feel that like I while feel it's that. cool
1: I'm also like y'all been sleeping on me and you're just now seeing it that's cute it's cute <laughs>
2: Well,
0: it's great, though, because I think it's one of those things where it's, you know, as I always say, real recognizes real. But there's been a point now where people are finally disengaged by force to not go to that grind, to not be too drained, to, to be creative, to not really give the excuses and, you know, put up those walls of separation that they're kind of forced to either deal with your stuff or unfortunately as we've also seen people that just kind of get caught up in their vices and it's really been almost like a, it's been a very broad distinction that I've seen throughout this time. It's
1: definitely been a double edged sword. I think like there've been yeah. a lot of people who have chosen to disengage or people who were just maybe like not following the right type of energy for what they were trying to do or didn't mm. know how to seek out those avenues to find what they were looking for. So I feel like there are a lot of people who have definitely deleted their Facebooks and things like that, which is really unfortunate because I felt like there are could have been more than what's actually um, like going on in like a successful way. You know what I'm saying? Like it it could have been better, but it went as expected. I'm I'm still very appreciative of everyone who's decided to engage and continue to fight the good fight or just even be open to the fact that there are people who live different lives than them. Yes,
0: yes. and I think it's funny to see that because – As I always try to, you know, I've used social media purely as that, like, pushing knowledge out there and then business stuff. But I think that's the most important thing, like, even with this type of, like, like, chat room, Zoom interface is, like, we're literally... Having conversations from people all over, we're reconnecting. Like fam, I've seen families reconnecting. I've seen friends reconnect. Oh yeah, reconnecting with a ton of my friends from middle school, like via web chat. And it's just like, oh yo, have you been? It's been like almost a decade. Like, and it's that beautiful thing where it's like, I feel like we're finally taking that pivot as a society to start utilizing our technology technologies for the right purpose and to not get caught up in yeah i mean i feel like them. people
1: forgot how important people actually were to them and i feel like sitting through this whole time alone with them realize oh shit like i actually do miss my homies from fourth grade you know <laughs> and like i kind of want to check on them and like i feel like people have also just realized how important art was because that's really what got them through this time
0: mm, creative and expression so, uh, all that
1: yeah, people finally realize, oh, seeing your photos, or seeing your films, or seeing your music, like, that's mm. really what's keeping people alive. That's the most important thing, and that's what always comes out of every movement like this. But, yes. you know, the thunder kind of came, and it, it kind of subsided a little bit. But I feel like there's gonna be another surge here soon of energy mm. where people are like, oh my gosh, you know, art. <laughs>
0: Yo, definitely. And I think that's the point of the the outlets of creative expression that are so important for people to really tap into because that is something within the human experience that makes it whole. And hopefully, again, like I always hope that people really utilize this time to tap back into that if you haven't yet and to keep it going when you start. Because I've seen more and more stuff starting to open up. But it's like to get back into it and to keep doing it despite things opening up like it's no excuse to just stop speaking to your heart because that's so important it's so important right and now you can
1: start anywhere you don't have to be good at it like people who are afraid of meditation make me so sad i'm like man just i hope like my one goal for everyone is that they are able to like more sit with themselves and learn mm-hmm. how to express themselves better because like we can't go into raising this next generation without that type of energy or our planet mm. is done. Like, this is our last couple of years to fix it. Really, truly.
0: Yeah. So well, I see our I see our generation as the real last generation to really kind of influence and help people heal and grow because we're at that in between of like that old school, no technology, not really being mainstream. Don't come back till the streetlights yeah. are on. To like this overly attached technological world where there's so much coddling and helicopter parenting going on. Like I know that most of the people like yourself like we understand a lot of these deeper lessons of the heart because we all grew up in that old school approach that was very like cutthroat very heartless not like it didn't really help you with that love side so much but it's given us i feel like the structure we need to like to well it's it's true though but it's like giving us the structure we need to create our own path and to really utilize both that old school and the new school wave to create that true path of like harmony of like having the self-creation self-reflection self-healing but also just being kind to other people <laughs> like at nature and just uh, treating yourself and the world in the ways that really matter compassion treating
1: them with respect the golden rule man come right? on why is the golden rule lost in the sauce treat everything how you want to be treated like People are so down to throw stuff away. It freaks me out. Like, every time people move to a different apartment, I feel like they're just like, oh, just leave it all here. Like, I'm going to just purchase new kitchen stuff and, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, my mom has had the same stuff in her kitchen for her entire life. The same right? place. The same bowls. The same silverware. Like, I think she just maybe replaced it for the first time because there were so many missing pieces. You mm-hmm. know? So I just, I have a hard time with people being so adamant about replacing everything. And, like, when I look for stuff to have in my home, it's usually to go find old vintage things because they have higher quality.
0: Right. Built to last. Legitimately built to last. Yeah. Well, that's another Like, I have right old there. vintage cheese
1: grater. That's one of my, like, prized possessions. Because the bit. new ones stuck.
0: Right? Well, I think that's something right there that's another, that's another one of those traps that people don't want to recognize is you know i've had conversations with a few different people and one of my clients is was literally in that industry of like big tech and things are designed to break like within a year within two years because again like we're built in that corporate debt slave society and i think when more people are aware of that they'll start valuing like making your own things again going to like those small mom and pop shops that make stuff from scratch like you know, yo it's so important. Yeah,
1: man. I don't know if you've ever seen my car, but I drive a 2001 Subaru Outback that is messed up. It's got like 250,000 miles on it. And my friends are always like, you need to get a new car. You should probably replace that. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, you know, I'll honestly probably just keep fixing it for the entire time that I'm alive. Because it's a car.
0: It's a solid car, too. Right. I don't
1: need to buy something new every time something breaks. So I'll probably be that person with the mm. old ass Subaru.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you just touched in like the fact that everything nowadays is really pushed to be oh no, lease this, be on that contract, just get a new one. Oh, you can get a new car. Like I can't tell you how shocked I am because I just buy like the unlocked smartphones. I'm like, it's a smartphone. It'll do what I need to do. But I see when I was looking for one two thousand dollars three thousand dollars i was like my phone should not have a lease like payment plan like but that's what people are doing and it's and then again they're doing it every year they're doing all this lack of trading yeah dude mine's leased and
1: i just dropped it in the case and the back of the phone shattered i've had it for like a year i have an iphone 10 it's not even paid off so i'm like really dude <laughs> Like I gotta gotta go get this phone fixed. I I hope the insurance covers that. Cause come on now they're real picky on what they will fix.
0: That's crazy. Well, wasn't it? I think I'm pretty sure they're trying to pass it. They might've already passed it, but it was like the right to fix your phone because it was made illegal. Like um, again, like it's made illegal to fix my own property, like to go send it into some tech guy. But, Oh man, I digress with that.
2: It was a kind of light session here, Peter. Um, really? No, I'm kidding. This, that was tongue-in-cheek. And um, <laughs> I was say. in fact, uh, a recap real quick for those who've missed it. We've talked about, um, well, first dietary uh, and, and the community. We started off with activism and um, and we got into foods and avocados and weather and milk and growing <laughs> our own food. And. Uh, in between there somewhere, uh, Marina hit the nail on the head at least three times. And uh, <laughs> living life on your terms, uh, talk a bit about Baltimore and traveling and uh, how money is just a value prop, uh, pr- perception of value and uh, oh, yeah. security state and data and Malcolm X the and security Black state. Panthers and something about a clown show and being indentured servants <laughs> Uh, then an expression about art and books and so Love uh, it. <laughs> just like brushing the surface of what we talked about. So it's just incredible. Right. Right. just incredible. And so I have so many notes, but we'd have an entirely another show. <laughs> so um, what I can say is that I do refer to my phone as the smarter than me phone. Um, <laughs> And, Understandably uh,
1: so, man. The government yeah. really is rocking with
2: it. So yeah, it's not a smartphone anymore. It's a smarter than you phone. <laughs> Have a happy always. Oh yeah. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3:33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks for joining us.